goblins and ghouls, and welcome to another installment of my Haunted Life podcast with me, your host, Angela Hartshorn. How are you holding up? What are you doing to take care of yourself this week? Make sure you go and drink some water. I know I've been really bad about it myself. There's still time to get your listener stories in for the mini-episodes. I would really love to do an episode on just Ouija board stories. So, if you've had an experience with talking boards of any kind, I want to hear about it. Please email them to me at myhauntedlifepodcast at gmail.com. And that's it for housekeeping. So... Let's go ahead and get into it this week, shall we? Grab yourself a cup of tea, make sure the doors are locked, and the sage is close by. I have a story to tell you. When you think of Nashville, Tennessee, you think of country music, the Grand Ole Opry, line dancing. It is, after all, known as Music City. But that hasn't been always the case. It's had its share of some dark history. It has been the site for so much war and strife. My guest today is Kiki Dombrowski, She is an author, witch, and divination expert who, at one point, was a paranormal investigator in Nashville. After a quick word from our sponsors, I'll be back with Kiki to hear about her adventures with the paranormal in Nashville, as well as talk plants. Lots of plants. Here today with my buddy Kiki Dombrowski. Did I say that right? You did. You said it right. Uh, I'm always so paranoid. I'm like I say it several times, and I say it in front of you, and I get nervous. Uh, It's a a tricky one. (laughs) She is a spiritual researcher and explorer who has spent her life studying mythology, magic, witchcraft, and the supernatural. She lives in Savannah, where she is a professional tarot card reader, certified life coach, and writer. Kiki has worked with varying forms of divination, most notably tarot, which she began working with over 25 years ago. She has been a contributing writer to Which Way magazine. She self-published two books, Eight Extraordinary Days and A Curious Future, both currently being revised for second editions and to be published in 2021 with Which Way? Hey! 
Yay! Tanya wouldn't tell me what she was working on. <laughs> I see now. Uh, she received her B.A. in English and Creative Writing from Southern Connecticut State University. She received her M.A. in Medieval English from the University of Nottingham. And for more information, please visit her website, which I am totally going to post everywhere. But it's kikidombrowski.com or follow her Twitter at kiki capital D 333. All right, Miss Kiki, how are you? I'm doing pretty good. I feel like I haven't, I was thinking about it because I'm like, I haven't seen you in a while. And the last time I saw you, technically, we did virtual ghost hunting with Tanya at the beginning of quarantine. Yes. So it has been, it's been a hot minute. It's been a busy hot minute. Time flies when you're in a pandemic right (laughs) you are literally busy i mean we cheated and talked about it a little bit i'm going to cheat real quick because i have the books here (laughs) i went and made sure they were unpacked just for this so this is a curious future and eight extraordinary days both these are the ones that are being revised by which way yeah, Which I'm really excited adore. about the editions because, you know, self-publishing was really, really good for me because I, you know, balance a very hectic schedule. So um, being able to self-publish, I, I was able to try and ish work at my own pace, although I was trying to work around events that I wanted to have the books available at. But, um, you know, I'm just not an editor and I'm not a designer and I just want to write and I want to share the information that mm-hmm. I love and that I've discovered with other people. But, you know, the second editions are going to be expanded. Um, Eight Extraordinary Days is going to be like a brand new book. Um, oh, wow. Like, it's going to be huge. And then A Curious Future, um, we're just really going to polish everything and add some additional information um, and also include people... T- discussing the ways that they use divination and, and, you know, divination experts. So I, I'm really excited about the second editions. Um, yeah, they're, they're good things and they're really beautiful, fun little, you know, explorations of, of magic and witchcraft. Oh, no, I, I love it. I recommend all your stuff to, especially like starting out witches. Um, what I've been doing for the podcast is putting it on the Facebook group. If you have a question for whoever I'm interviewing, I never tell people who because I want it to be a surprise. Um, but, you know, throw questions out there. I cheated a little bit with you because one of my Facebook admins, who's basically my little sister, Colleen, who's going to die when she hears this of embarrassment very quickly. She's actually in the third episode. I wrote... I wrote her directly and asked her, because she's a huge fan of yours, when she first got into this, she bought A Curious Future before I could buy it for her at Hexfest. I was very upset with her. But um, uh, I asked her directly if she had a question for you, so I cheated a little bit. Oh, that's 
awesome, though. That's nice that you reached out to her and you're like, hey, guess what? <laughs> yeah, no, there was lots of exclamation points and smiley faces. But oh. uh, her question, I'm going to screw it up, from the book in particular. Oh, boy. Okay. Hold ready? On. Ready? Yeah. Yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready. Let's do this. I'm looking to see if I have a copy around me. okay let's go all right colleen what do you want to know (laughs) what is your favorite form of divination that you wrote about oh my gosh Ooh, that's a great question and that's not like one where i have to be like crap what's in the book (laughs) no (laughs) if it was overly specific i would have wrote you ahead of time and went hey (laughs) turn to this page i have i don't know if i have one favorite I think the one that um, I've there's three that I really like and they're all casting lots so I'm really into stuff and things and one thing that I really like are um, working with crystals so I have crystals that I use for divination um, and they're all very special crystals that I've collected from people and you know, places, and they all represent different interpretations, and so when they come into a reading, they could really shine on some of the, the important things that, that are happening to the person getting the reading. Um, the other kit that I really like is the shell kit. Um, I wrote about, you know, trying to create a kit, a divination kit with seashells, um, which is good because I just moved back to the beach. Oh, um, yeah. All of those shells that I work with are from the beach that, that I'm living by again. Um, so I really like that because it just, it's all things I collect. I'm, I'm such a beach comber. I am that <laughs> person in the sun hat, listening to the Grateful Dead on my headphones and just like looking for cool shells and sand dollars. And apparently you can find shark's teeth on the beaches near me too, but I haven't found any. But, you know, so I really love seashells because I'm an oceany kind of gal. So um, I really enjoy that. And then finally, the other one I like, too, and, and this is something I'm going to expand on and talk about a little bit more in the second edition, is my bone and trinket kit. Yes! A very traditional bone kit. So, like, mm-hmm. I don't have a bone throwing kit, but it's almost like a combination of bones that I've either found, like, hiking. So, you know, like ethically like it's like oh my god well here's a piece of a, a deer bone you know um or i i purchase pieces from ethical you know companies mm-hmm. that you know it's ethically sourced things um but it also includes like ancestral trinkets so yep. like um i have like a coin from italy like like a lira not a euro oh. like when my dad lived in italy and you know uh my grandfather was in world war ii and there's like a bullet shell and you know, stuff like that and then we found a fossil in tennessee so that's in the kit and so i think the reason why i love that kit so much is because it's like every single item has this really magical ancient uh. energy and value and i love how they all sit together in this box um i don't think i have it on my desk anymore i think i put it away um I just love how they all get to sit with each other and have conversations and they have such powerful energy because they're not, you know, the, the bones, you know, belong to somebody who's with us in this third dimension for mm-hmm. whatever amount of time. Um, and they're all animal. Um, 
I think I have fox and chicken and possum and coyote um, and deer. So I, I just, I just, those are probably my favorites um, and the ones that I use the most. Um, but I really just love all divination. Like, it's so much fun. Like, I love oracle cards. I love, oh, God. Tarot. Like, or, like, tarot and oracle cards. Like, I'm just obsessed with collecting them and using them. <laughs> Pulling a card. I used my pendulum today to actually assist me with um, a supplement. I was trying to figure out if I wanted to keep a return. <laughs> so I held the supplement container in my left hand, put the pendulum over it, and said, Can you show me if this supplement will be healthy and will help me heal? And I said, No. So I, <laughs> I love it. I haven't unpacked my pendulum yet, and it's driving me insane. Oh my god! I, like even I, I, I know that like I have a, like a few pendulums, and, and there are some that are easy access, and then uh-huh. there are others, you know. And my and my boyfriend has a couple too, and um, it's just they're really fun to have. Oh, and they are. They're fun to, they're I, really I, are. that's I feel like that's where you start with things like that. I, I love pendulum work, and I am so excited about this bone section expansion. Because I, I, that has definitely been my form of divination. I love it. I've been obsessed with it. I get the best results with it. I've made several friends cry with it. But it, I love it. I love it so much. So I'm way, ex- I'm, I'm so excited for that. I can't wait. Oh, yeah, well, and maybe I'll, I'll, I'll ask you questions and inquire about your, your, your interest and in, in what you've discovered works with it, too. I, I, I'd be cool with that. I don't know if I can help you too much, but we'll see. <laughs> well, I hope that that's a good answer for Colleen, and I'm, I want to know what her favorite form is now, too. Oh, so no. She she's to write back. <laughs> I hear her screaming in my head right now. Oh, my God. Because uh, she, when she first got into witchiness, I recommended Witch Way, and because she was really into divination, I'm like, you need to go to the back of the magazine, because there's always a tarot spread. And she actually took your haunted house one because she's an she's an artist and she drew it into her grimoire. <gasps> what? Yes. Holy crap! I want to see that. Oh my! Oh my god! I'll I'll make oh, her send me pictures. And yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I'm gonna get in trouble. I know it. So we're gonna move on before I get yelled at. Um, no so some other questions. Um, what inspired you to take this path when it comes to witchiness, I assume? Witchiness? What inspired me? I, I, I um, that's a good question. I, I don't know if inspired, I, I don't know if I ever felt inspired as much just I felt a calling, um, it, I just, I walked into it. I, I really think I walked into it as a child, to be okay. honest. I know that that sounds, I'm not trying to like, like be like, oh, you know, I, I was born a witch. Cause I, you know, I'm just, I'm just a lady. I'm just, you know, I was doing my thing. But like as a child, I was a bit probably what people would say was peculiar in that, you know, I had, um, 
there was a an old man that lived in the tree outside my house or outside my bedroom window. I used to have very vivid dreams of like being in a very otherworldly location where everything was always beautiful and the sun was always out. There was always a rainbow in the sky. And I, I remember having these, these very vivid dreams of, of revisiting this place. Um, I also had dreams of aliens. So, I mean, <laughs> we, we know where I am as, as a, a six-year-old. But um, <laughs> I had imaginary friends. I used to like sitting in the flowers and watching the bees go from, you know, flower to flower to collect pollen. Mm. And so like, so, like, at a very young age, I felt very drawn to the dreams, um, to the imaginary, um, and by imaginary, I mean, I had imaginary friends. And so I really, I fell into this. Um, I think what really inspired me more than anything else, I, I really, I think it took definition in high school. Um, after I started reading tarot, I remember in ninth grade, so in, in freshman year, we had this thing called the I project. And okay. this, was a book report we had to do for our English class and everybody had to pick a book about something that they believe represented who they were something that they loved okay and I kid you not ninth grade I did my project on the power of the witch by Lori Cabot so <laughs> I'm like literally doing book reports freshman year on witchcraft and so oh my god I just I, I think that the, so so maybe inspire is a good thing the things that inspired me to this path were tarot and then dreams because my dreams are so vivid, my encounters with, um, the other world. And I'm just going to say the other world because I've had encounters with, um, I've had everything from like UFOs to fey encounters to, uh, ghost supernatural encounters, high strangeness. I lived in the wooded rural area of my town and, and just really felt the spirit of place. And so those were the things that really inspired me because I think that witchcraft really taps into that natural power and that ancient power and recognizing that there is energy and wisdom and all the things that surround us. Oh, I love it. Um, I always get excited talking to you. So, uh, for people that might not know, what would you, how would you define high strangeness? That's, that's a good question for me. And, and, and I, I wish that like paranormal, like I do a lot in the paranormal world and I'm actually going to be speaking at a, a paranormal conference in a couple weekends. What? Yeah, I'll, be, I'll be talking at Conspiranormal, <gasps> um, uh, the 26th, 27th, 28th. Um, and I'm going to be doing a prediction panel. So I'm going to talk about like all the predictions and prophecies that have been made about all the shit that's going to hit the fan for, for life on earth. Oh girl. Oh my God. I'm so excited for you. Yeah. I, you would love it too. I, I mean, there's some really incredible speakers. Yeah. So a uh, conspiranormal, um, is the name of the podcast. Okay. And the two people that do the podcast conspiranormal are putting on the conference called strange realities. It's strange realities conference. Um, oh, so cool. anyways, the, I feel like almost like I just want to like punt that question to them because they'll give a better definition. But for me, high strangeness, what it represents is, um, events that occur that 
do not cannot be easily easily written off with logical explanation. Okay. Um, things that feel like there is a shift in the energy in the dimension that we live in it's it's experiences that just don't make sense in the third dimensional 2020 america you know western religion reality um of skepticism and and you know if it's not science then it's wrong Mm -hmm. um so high strangeness to me also represents things that just they can't be explained it's like they're they're strange Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's like it's really weird that happens so high strangeness to me could be anything from you know somebody having like a really you know like they like the other day I had the Mandela effect happen to me, Ooh. which was weird because I've never had it happen before. Um, and that to me is an example of high strangeness. Yeah. And in this Mandela effect, I swear to you, I, for like what I said was a very long drawn out minute in my mind's eye, I could see a selfie of myself or like a picture of me with the Hollywood sign behind me. Like I, I knew that I, I was there and I had taken, like, I've never been to, to Hollywood in my entire life. Oh. There's no, but in my mind's eye for that one moment, I was like, uh, where's that photo? Where can I find that photo? And I'm like, not in this dimension. This isn't, not in this planet. Like, that's, this isn't, that's not my experience here. Um, Weird. Another, another example of high strangeness would be strange sounds, which I'm so obsessed with with people hearing like like the the crunching mechanical metallic noises in the air uh that, that seem to come out of nothing um some people are like well that's just you know like rocks shifting you know like people come up with all sorts of like you know ridiculous you know like well this this could be easily explained or they just write it off um I'm really obsessed with those strange sounds because, you know, people say it's like the horns of judgment. Yes. Uh, it's like the horns of the apocalypse. Um, Have you seen the ones with, like, the big ultrasonic booms out of nowhere? I've heard of them, but yes. also, like, if there are videos, like, I'll, I'll have to go on to, to YouTube and check that out because I'm, I'm totally fascinated by it. It's so weird. Think, yeah, and, and even, I think it's interesting, too, that just it doesn't get the attention it deserves or that people write it off and maybe that's something about a high strangeness activity as well is that these are things that people just shrug off and just say it's you're you're making it up Mm -hmm. you know and I even saw a very uh, you know snarky comment on Twitter or Facebook somebody was like it's so funny that people say they're experiencing the Mandela effect when really it's just their brain making big mistakes and like that's you know, like, <laughs> I don't know, like, like there are groups of people that, you know, really sincerely feel that it, it happened, that something happened and maybe it did. I don't know. I just don't like to write off people and just be like, you're wrong. That's stupid. Or, you know, yeah. so I really love to hear people's high strangeness stories. Yes. Um, you know, or like time when people lose time, or people step into other, like, uh, like the, what do they call it? Like a time leap, 
or something like that. And I'm sorry, I don't have the exact terminology off the top of my head, but the example I could think of is somebody was visiting Versailles and they like turned a corner. They walked away from their tour group and all of a sudden they see these people in these incredibly beautiful, lavish, you know, 14th century garments. Uh. And I mean, like, it's just so real. And all of a sudden they turn the corner again and, you know, they talk to the tour guide and say, wow, those people in those costumes are, are great. And the tour guide says, what are you talking about? There's nobody in costumes. It's almost like they have this like crossover where they go back in time. Um, and I mean, there's, there, there's stories of people stepping forward in time too. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, having the experiences where they see vehicles and, you know, um, <laughs> just stuff that doesn't exist until, hmm. you know, years in the future. So, so I think that, I don't know, we can't write it all off. Like maybe some of it, yeah, is a mistake. Maybe just in my head, I daydream too much about visiting Hollywood. Actually, that's not true because I, I'm really not, I, I hate confessing this, but like, I just, I've never really wanted to go to Hollywood. <laughs> um, but, but maybe somewhere in my head, I was like, I, I've been there or I should go there. I don't know. It, I don't know. So it's, it's a very long definition. <laughs> no, but I loved it. Uh, according to my grandmother's friend, Carolyn, uh, she calls them time skips. Uh, and I'm sure that, like, we could Google it because I know that there's a term. And actually, let me see if I could do that See, when you call it time leap, all I can think of is quantum leap. Like the TV show, and it makes me happy. Because I'm slightly a nerd still like that. I don't remember the name of it. I'm so sorry. What was the what was the show? Quantum Leap. Oh yeah, I've heard of that before. Oh my god, you would love it. It's a happy show, and it's really oh. cute. And it's very 80s. Um might as well keep going. What is your advice for baby witches? For baby witches, um, that's wonderful. I, I say hello, welcome, and mm-hmm. um, look for people who say hello and welcome. Um, I, I really, I really think that it's important to recognize that um, what you want to explore and what you're interested in is awesome, and that you do have value in this world. Um, and to look for teachers that, that help guide and shape your ideas about witchcraft in a, an inclusive and supportive manner. Um, I would also say, too, you know, beginning witches, uh, beginning witchcraft, read lots of books. Mm-hmm. Um, find credible sources on books. Um, if you need recommendations, let me know. I actually think Tanya's book is an incredible. Oh yeah, book. Um, that's the. the I, I think it's a great book. Just full stop. Like I like it. Like I and I've been like I said ninth grade. I wrote about the power of the witch. So that I, makes me. So and happy. I still read Tanya's book, and I'm like, oh yeah, that's a really good. Idea. See, we were discussing that last night because it's like I've been doing this like. 20 years or something now almost you your intro said 25 and you could still find stuff in tanya's quote-unquote beginner witch book that makes you think and it's like i love that 
there are some other great things I'd suggest too, you know, and I know that it's kind of difficult right now when in the time of a pandemic to say this, but if there are reputable groups that you could find in your area that you could join up with and, you know, break bread with, I highly recommend it. I'm kind of sad because I had a group that I absolutely loved spending time with in Nashville, um, but they're doing stuff virtually now too, so I could still enjoy right? <laughs> like I'll still be I'll I'll still be going to the autumnal equinox celebration on Friday evening. Um, yeah, so that's really lovely. So I would say you know um, read, uh, find those resources that are reputable. Don't just rely on TikTok, for example. Although I'm not that's judging, amazing. I'm just saying, you know, I'm just saying that that maybe that's question it before you just say, okay, yeah, I really should hex the moon. <laughs> <laughs> you know, to say why, you know, and so finding those teachers that, that are excited for your evolution. Mm-hmm. I would also say, too, uh, keeping a notebook is really important. Yes. You know, collecting notes, um, even if it's a virtual notebook, like if it's something you put on your computer in a notebook or a Pinterest board, you know, like I'm all about being, you know, um, an electronic witch, too. I think we could use that to our abilities. Um so, so those are my, those are my suggestions. Meet up with people, go to classes, yes. go to book signings, and, and, and book signings are wonderful too, because usually if you have a writer that you're really fond of, and, you know, I'm gonna, your poor friend Colleen's going to be like, ah, but like, you know, Colleen can ask me a question, <laughs> she can text me directly, like, she can get in touch with me, she can find me on Twitter, she can find me on Facebook, like, Authors want to talk to you, and yes. they're going to tell you, oh, that's where I got this information. So if you have a question, talk to that writer. They're they're just really quirky, sweet, smart people that just want to hang out with you. So <laughs> I'm just picturing Colleen's face. She's going to... It's going to be a hard one for her to get through. Oh, my God. Uh, so, so for you as a mentor, what is the first piece of information you like to cover with new witches? Right. Good stuff. I would say um, magic is everywhere, and mm. that you are part of this magical web, and you have the ability to tap into it for your for whatever you desire. Whether that's finding peace of mind, you know, and obviously, I, I think that that's really important too. But as I say that, I also think that that some other basic things to keep in mind too is that we still are human beings having a human experience. So we can't leave the mundane out. We can't say, you know, I'm just going to do a magical spell from this book to, to, to heal. When really what you should be doing is going to, you know, your, your GI doctor or your (laughs) surgeon, like, you know, or I'm going to do a money spell to make money when really what you should be doing is building a budget, having a conversation with an accountant or somebody who could help you with your, you know, your money, your money mindset. So I think it's really important too, for people to recognize that, that, that if you want to learn magic, that, that that's wonderful and you could use it, but that you shouldn't forget to do the things that will set you up to have success in this mundane world as well. And I also would say too, you know, a a lot of people like lesson one is 
what is witchcraft, what is Wicca, what is pagan, mm-hmm. and kind of talking about the differences between those things. Um, and so pagan is sort of an umbrella term. Some people will say neo-pagan, um, but really what that means is it's, it's people who identify with, um, I guess I would say pre-Christian religious or, or, or spiritual or mythological systems and celebrating sort of these ancient pre-Christian traditions um, and reviving them to celebrate a more um, natural and organic connection to the earth. Um, that was a nature. gorgeous definition of paganism. <laughs> I loved oh, that. That was good. So, so I think that, that you could be pagan, and, and there's tons of different pagan belief systems. There's, yeah, and I'm not going to catch them all. Like I'm just going to oh, a couple. I don't think there's like, a Asa True is one. Those are those are Norse reconstructionists. There's Celtic reconstructionists. Mm-hmm. So, um, and, and, and Druidry, um, which which I am so digging on. Like I just love me some Druidry. Yes. Um, so much just 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 reading obad books like like anything on druidry while listening to enya it's like like, um other other traditions i mean there are people that actually like reconstruct like hellenistic traditions so uh greco-roman um and then there's wicca which is a and this will go into another definition as well is that wicca is this modern day religion Mm -hmm. that was really now it was constructed and developed in the early 20th century um maybe mid 20th century with the idea that the theories and 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 the rituals and 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 all of the the traditions of wicca you know kind of came from maybe older sources, which is debatable. But that doesn't mean that, that it's any less valuable or that it's any less valid. It's just that Wicca is, I think, it is in an evolutionary space right now. It's just oh, yeah. evolving. Mm-hmm. And it's it's really incredible. And then witchcraft is the practice of, of doing... Um, oh, kitty cat. <laughs> which... I actually, that was a really good definition for witchcraft. Witchcraft is the definition of, ooh, kitty cat. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's perfect. You know, it's it's really, um, it's the practice of celebrating uh, the energy and the forces of, of, of nature and supernature to, <laughs> and, and really anybody can be a witch, um, you, you can be pagan, but that doesn't mean you have to be Wiccan. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I hope that those are good. I'm just trying to explain some of the things I would probably step into. No, I think that's... Pro- probably some of the first things I'd tap into, you know, when uh, those would be chapters one, two, and three, I guess. <laughs> Like you can, you can, you are valued and what you want to explore is important. So let's find ways of doing that. Um, magic is everywhere. You can use magic, but you can't forget the mundane. And here are some basic terms that people, you know, people will say to me, oh, you're, you know, like you were saying, I've had people ask me if I'm Wiccan. I'm like, yeah. I'm not. Wiccan. No. I understand Wicca and I studied Wicca yep. and I Wicca with a coven for a while too but it just wasn't it wasn't my cup of tea but that yeah. doesn't mean that I think that people that do Wicca are rad as hell and I love like learning about it 
I'm all into it. Like <laughs> <Play> virtual. <laughs> See, I'm I'm with you on that one right there. So, real quick, just a random one. Plant must-haves for the home. Ooh, uh, aloe vera would be my first recommendation. Good one. Uh, aloe vera is considered to be protective, but also it's considered to be a plant of success. Um, oh. So so both energetically it can help, you know, just keep a really good solid vibe of protection in your house, but keep that, but maybe also assist in, in keeping security in your homestead as well. Um, but also it's got holistic properties as yes. well. So um, aloe vera, I mean, it's obviously very good if you burn yourself, uh-huh. but it's good on skin in general. Um, it's very mild. I mean, you can consume aloe vera gel as well. Um, it actually is good for heartburn, but it's also a laxative. So. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe not like the best thing, but I should mention, like, and you shouldn't consume anything without speaking to your doctor first. Boom. How's that? Look at you. That was so smooth. Um, I would also, it's so funny. My cats are kind of ridiculous right now, and I'm sure one will hop up at one point. You have one behind you. I love pothos plants. Yes. Um, I highly recommend them because they're really easy to grow, and they have a really, really vibrant loving energy they really um, do yeah they're just they're just i have a couple i think you could kind of i saw it i saw it earlier because i was like hey yeah i've got i've got all sorts of plants growing um i've got snake plants but i really think pothos are really easy to grow yes. and it's really satisfying to watch them grow and to start vining yes they sort of trickle down um so those are two house plants I recommend. Orchids are another one. I'm terrible at growing orchids, but orchids. some people really love that. And they're really good for drawing in love and sensuality. I'm sorry, I don't know off the top of my head what pothos is good for in terms of magical energy. But one thing I would recommend, too, is, is it, instead of just like looking at a book, you might just want to have a conversation with your plant. Because I really mm-hmm. do believe that you, know, um, you can have a conversation with your plant and be like, and, and they have they have this personality. Like I had this really big basil plant um, that he's she's she's with me. She's outside in a mason jar. Yes. So, she felt like Sophia Petrillo from Golden Girls to me. So, <laughs> so like I, I I'm just sharing this, this this sort of quirky little story to say that you don't necessarily just need to open the book and say, okay, well, this is what this, this book mm-hmm. says this plant does. You can have a meditation. You could, you know, maybe put your hands over the plant and close your eyes, even do psychometry where you touch it. And what do you, what do you feel when you touch it? What do you pick up on when you touch it? Um, and, and, and following that to sort of see what's best for you. And maybe that's something too, like if you're going to a nursery, you might find that you walk into a nursery kind of like, People say this about picking out crystals, like you'll just go into a crystal shop and you'll you'll find the crystal that you need. Maybe that's the same way with a nursery, too. I've done that. (laughs) Go to your local nursery. Maybe there's a plant that's sitting there that just says, I want to come home with you. I want you to be my my parent, my my plant parent. Um, And that that might be something to think about as well. So really, whatever you're drawn to. Oh, I love it. No, I'll I'll have to take you on a pathos tour after this at some point because somebody keeps dropping them off 
at uh, our art center. And nobody's there because we're still under lockdown. And uh, the other plant person, Maria, is full up on plants. So there's just jars of pathos every once in a while. Like every two weeks, there's like three jars and no one else is taking them. So I have them everywhere. They're great to have in the home. Um, um, just they're great for the air, for the air quality. Having green in your home is going mm-hmm. to lift your mood. Um, it's going to make you feel connected and, and just having life in your home. I'll also say this too, if you have pets, just being careful about... Yeah you know is this plant harmful to animals like I have a couple ivies and I don't want my cats chewing on them yeah so they're sitting on this very high counter that the cats will never be able to to reach I will um, say I know pathos are technically they're not poisonous but they're noxious I think is the term and uh our little girl found that out the hard way because she went oh my god green and just started nomming so there's like a lot of the leaves are recovering she just went through like every plant and took a part of it and was not happy for (laughs) a day i mean she bounces back really good but i was like did you learn your lesson I wish my cats would come visit and say hi to you right now. But they're just, one is being a cat loaf and the other is just curled up in a ball on her bed. <laughs> the, so the one that uh, had jumped up onto my chair is now upset and pouting in the corner. Oh. So, I can't. So, um, you have, going back to our high strangeness topic, you have. Fun. A whole bunch of stories, and you've filled me in on a little bit here or there, here and there. Wow, can't talk. Oh, uh, because I, I know you were telling me when we had, what did we do, like breakfast in New Orleans one time, and you were kind of regaling me with some stories, but uh, tell me, tell me again. I want to hear. Gosh, there's so many. So, so what kind of story do you want to hear about? Uh, tell me, tell me any good hauntings. So you want to talk about Nashville, correct? We could talk about Nashville. I, in terms of ghosts, I yes, I could talk about Nashville. Um, so living in Tennessee for ten years, it was interesting because it's a very you know, I think of Tennessee, and, and it is, it's got a, a different energy. I grew up in Connecticut, and Connecticut's colonial, and then Tennessee is is not. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a really interesting shift for me. But um, in Nashville, for a very, very, very short period of time, I did assist um, with a paranormal group, which was a ton of fun, um, doing paranormal investigations and... Um, having experiences but I'm trying to think of 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 maybe probably the most interesting experience I had was at a beautiful beautiful like mansion civil war era mansion um and a family lived there and they you know the, the the mother was this very very uh regal woman very you know very well educated very Hmm. smart and apparently she spoke french and so we did do you remember i don't know if 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 people still use them in ghost hunting situations but we had this like ghost hunting box where it would say words in english 
and it was it was like a talk box. Yeah, like a spirit box or like yes. a, a paranormal puck kind of thing. Exactly. So okay. we had one of those, and they said, "Well, you know, I speak very terrible French, but that I spoke enough French where." the other people on the team said, why don't you try speaking in French and seeing if that gets anything to generate on the talk box. So keep in mind that the talk box has a program in it of maybe 2000 words. Yeah. They're, they're already pre, uh, pre-programmed. Correct. So I do my best to, to fumble through some French, you know, bonjour, je m'appelle Kiki, comment ça va? You know, like, blah, blah, blah. Oh, you know, love. she's like, how are you? And, um, very, very simple stuff. Like, I, I mean, like when I go to fa- Paris, I'm like, je suis désolé. <laughs> <laughs> I am so sorry. I do not speak French, but I, I did my best. So the talk box was very quiet. So I just kept on, you know, trying to say whatever I knew in French. And then finally the talk box said a word in French. It said sortie, which means exit, get out. I, I don't know how that happened because those boxes are programmed to have, you know, nobody nobody is, is programming French words. No, not at all. Be able to say sortie. So I don't know if it meant get out or exit, but but that's what the box said back to us. Um, so I thought that was a really interesting haunting experience. Oh. Um, so so doing paranormal investigating was really fun i'm not really sure if i have the the you know like i'm not man why why are they always taking place at three in the morning that's my thing at 3 a.m like i just can't do it like 3 a.m i want to be asleep i don't want to be going like is there anything here you know like i'm sure that there's something there at 3 p.m too so anyways i you know i did my (laughs) best um you know uh I think that really the only time I had ghost or haunting experiences was was with the paranormal team. Okay, but but that was really really fascinating. That's um, amazing to have that experience. On another investigation, I had something pinch my butt. Oh, <laughs> I jumped about ten feet in the air. But the the creepy thing was was that we were all in a circle facing each other, so there was nobody outside the circle. So something came up. Oh, that's so creepy. So did you get, like, I'm trying to think if there's any, like, really famous haunts off the top of my head in Nashville, but I can't. Well, I could think of a couple off the top of my head. Um, Downtown Nashville, they call it the church, Ryman Auditorium. I really think everybody has to see at least one concert at the Ryman Auditorium in their life. Like, just, you know, get that Southwest flight to go see, I don't care if you're seeing Vince Gill and Amy Grant for Christmas, like get yourself to the Ryman. <laughs> and I have gone, I've gone to the Ryman. I've seen everything there. Like I, I just, I'm so obsessed with going to shows there. Uh. And it's this very, very old building and it was a church. And, um, apparently the Ryman is haunted and, um, people who will be on the stage maybe doing a sound check will look up and they'll see a ghost in the the second floor oh Um, that's a a common ghost story i guess some people say and somebody needs to fact check me but i think that people say it's elvis or has something to do or elvis saw a ghost or yeah something elvis related I always want elvis like i would love the ghost of elvis but i want to believe that elvis is alive like i'm just like (laughs) 
I just love Elvis. Um, I'm trying to think of other ones, other haunted places in Nashville. Nashville is really interesting. I, I think that Nashville has a super transitory energy and not along the lines of high strangeness, but, but some of the things that I find really interesting is that like they're building on top of sacred land. So this is like, Mm. like ancient land that had very sacred, valuable things and, 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 you know, places were being dug up or plowed down to put a Walmart up. But one of the interesting things is, is that there's this building in downtown Nashville where they actually found the, uh, the skeleton of a saber-toothed tiger. Oh! <laughs> so that's really interesting. And actually, I think it's the same hotel where it's also said to be haunted because, like, it's a very, very high, high building. It's a Sheraton. I think it's a Sheraton. Um, it's funny. I worked downtown for, for like a couple of years. I'm like, I don't know. I just went to go get, you know, like, I don't know. I walk by every day, but... Um, this hotel was said to be haunted because, I mean, this is a very sad story, but, you know, people would commit suicide mm-hmm. by going to the highest floor and jumping because it was like a balcony oh. and you would look down. And so and so I think that the, 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 the poor spirits are sort of just still, you know, kind of working through what happened there. Um, so, and, and, you know, I think another interesting thing I find about downtown Nashville, too, is Bicentennial Mall is is a very very peculiar shaped park where it's not i don't think it's haunted but i used to walk around there to play pokemon go a lot (laughs) but the shape of it was really really fascinating where it's this long long um plaza and at one end you look over the state capitol which is on this hill and it's almost like to me it's a hill mound Mm. and the other end of the park is this structure of all of these tall pillars that are chimes. And I always called it like a modern day stone circle. Like I was like, this is a modern day stone circle. And you actually go into the center of this, this sort of like pillar of, you know, pillars of chimes. And there's this sort of like archaeoacoustic sound that comes from it. Ooh. So there's some, it, it's it, like if you actually stand in the center, there's this little star plate, and you could stand on it and just sing. Like I don't care if you sing "Row or Row Your Boat" or "Happy Birthday," but like you start to hear this reverberation of the the, the sound because of where where you're standing in the center of all these pillars, which makes me think about the archaeoacoustics of places like Chichen Itza where when you go into Chichen Itza and you clap and you hear this chirping going through I've um, never heard that it's so cool like if you go into the ball court or even if you're by El Castillo um, you could clap and and you get these really interesting echoes and noises like if you clap by um, the pyramid you actually hear this high-pitched chirping and they say it's supposed to be the sound of um the the kate's all I, I think i've got that right but like the bird that's very sacred to them okay so that, that's kind of so so i think nashville is a really really interesting place because it's obviously it was a sacred place um there are reports that you know there were giant skeletons discovered oh uh, yeah the, you know um on the duck river there's a place called um Old Stone Fort, and that sounds familiar, and I don't know why. 
Well, it's, in, it's interestingly enough, Old Stone Fort is down the road in a town called Manchester, okay. which is where Bonnaroo is held. And Old Stone Fort is almost like on this very unique peninsula where it's it's this land that kind of comes out and is just almost fully surrounded by river. Hmm. It's so beautiful. I mean, like, and there's so much wildlife there. I mean, like, I've been there. I've seen bobcats there. It's just hmm. a stunning, stunning area. So the Native Americans who lived there actually built hill mounds to correlate with the summer solstice. Um, which I find is interesting because it's down the road from Bonnaroo, which traditionally takes place in June around mm-hmm. the same time of the summer solstice. So Tennessee has really, really interesting vibes. It's it's really interesting. Um, it's ancient. It's 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 and it's it's diverse because on one end you have the Appalachian Mountains, and on the other end you have Memphis, and you have the Mississippi River. Mm. So. It just, it's so extreme to go from one side to the other. I could see that. I mean, Tennessee is, it has a little bit of everything. Like, it has the spirits. It has Bigfoot, which is weird for out south. There, the, it has a little bit. It, it's kind of a skunky ape type thing. Not much. But I know, doesn't Ten, isn't Tennessee, does, doesn't it have, like, one of the weird... Not like, I know it's not the Bridgewater Triangle, but don't they have something weird like that down there? I don't know. Well, I know that, that um, there are Bigfoot sightings in Tennessee. Um, I, here's a really interesting. So I literally lived in Nashville, Tennessee, which is like a metropolitan city. There's TV shows about Nashville. Oh, yeah. I went to Nashville for a season. <laughs> like, like Nashville is not a little place. Well, I have this, like, statue of Bigfoot, and I used to work at the Parks and Rec Department, so I literally mm-hmm. was, like, the April Ludgate of Metro Parks Nashville. I can picture it. Literally. And I had a statue, like, a little figurine of Bigfoot sitting behind me, and one person came in. I don't know. People used to come into the office. I worked with the public during this time. And... Um, this one person was like, is that a Bigfoot figurine? I was like, yeah. He was like, you believe in Bigfoot? I was like, oh, yes. You just asked the wrong question, sir. <laughs> and this guy swore up and down that he saw Bigfoot in Nashville. He said... In Nashville? Saw, yes, in Nash- in a Nashville park uh, at Warner Park. So if there's anybody who's listening that's, you know, in the Nashville area... He was at a picnic table, kind of like, you know, like, not one like on the highway, but Edwin Warner and Percy Warner Parks are huge. Okay. Like what you see in California and it's, or I'm sorry, Colorado or, you know, and it's not the Smoky Mountains, but it's a, it's a really large, beautiful, pristine plot of nature with actually some old growth woods oh so it's like a natural park it's not like sing swing set kind of thing right it's not it's not central park it's like okay you go in and there's trails and you take trails and there's moral um you know mushrooms and and animals like an open space kind of thing it's lovely and this guy swore up and down that he was sitting out on this park you know bench or picnic table and he 
what he heard was like this weird and, and, and people talk about this a lot too with Bigfoot sightings where he heard almost it sounded like chattering. Oh, it was like somebody yeah. trying to mimic a human, but they were doing really bad. So, and this is common with Bigfoot. Like sometimes yeah. they'll say that big foots or big feet will um, mimic animals. Like they'll mimic the sound of coyotes howling. Mm-hmm. Or, um, so they heard this, sound that, that sounded like somebody who was trying to speak like a person but they didn't really capture <laughs> the whole, they weren't they, they weren't doing a great job and they were they were you know it was muttered but then they heard it so they heard it you know to the left of them then all of a sudden they heard it to the right of them and then it got closer to them on the left side and then it got closer to them on the right side Ooh. and it got closer to them and so it's almost like these two creatures were talking to each other and getting closer. So he freaked out, and he's like, I'm out of here. He gets in his car and drives away, and he says that as he did, he saw a figure, um, a tall, tall figure. You know, he's like, you know, the outline of a figure, Ugh. and he saw a shine from eyes. So who knows? I mean, I don't know the validity of that story, but he was, like, pumped to tell me that um, – so like, hey man, I don't know if, if you're if you're in the, 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 the um the team that believes that you know, team supernatural that Bigfoot has some sort of natural supernatural element to him, which I'm a part of. I don't believe that he's necessarily just this like undiscovered bipedal ape living in North America. Um, I think he has some sort of supernatural element to him. Then why wouldn't he go to Warner Park? It's lovely. <laughs> I love you. Why oh my god! <laughs> why not? Bigfoot. Bigfoot could be Bigfoot, just doing his thing. Uh, I love you. I'm just like I'm trying to picture Bigfoot on vacation in Nashville right now, and it makes know, me happy. Like eating some hot chicken, having a fried bologna sandwich, and some PBR down on Broadway at a honky tonk, just living his best life at Tootsie's. Uh, like I'm- <laughs> a fried bologna sandwich. That's a day I'm flexitarian. If I'm if I'm like at Tootsie's or you know what's the other one Robert's Western World, you gotta order a fried bologna sandwich. Like like, you know Oscar Mayer bologna, like it's just like that gross like mushed meat. I don't know what it is. They just (laughs) they put it in a frying pan and they they make it crispy and then just stick it in Wonder Bread with mayo. I'm just like, this is the thing that I am like, bullshit. <laughs> Out of everything we've talked to, I'm like, bullshit. You can get a fried bologna sandwich in downtown Nashville. And I think that, that for people who are foodies, they need to get a little humble and go have a real slice of, of you know, pre-TV show Nashville and have themselves a fried bologna one of these days, I will come down that way. I'm I'm making you be my southern uh, guide to things. And hot chicken is delicious too. I mean, that's some good stuff. Some people hate it. Some people love it. I I'm not. I don't eat spicy food because I. Oh, have it's ulcers. spicy. Oh, hot chicken! Like there are some hot chicken recipes where you have to sign a waiver before you eat it. They make it so hot. I thought you literally meant like warmed up chicken. <laughs> No, like, bark, bark, like, but they cook yeah. him in, 
No, but it's cute. Like, I have a Vitamix. Like, that's about as, you know, as oh wild God, as I am. Like, what can I blend? Kale and green tea, you know? Like, or anyways. But, um, they, 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 like, they put, like, a spicy rub or sauce on the chicken. And they'll, you could get, like, I get it mild because I'm just a wimp about heat. But there are some where, like, you will just, like, sweat. Like, see if you could find the, like, Anthony Bourdain hated hot chicken, and he just, like, rips into it, which is funny. So if you could, you know, YouTube the clip where he goes to Nashville and tries hot chicken. Yeah, I'm going to look that up here in a little bit, because that just sounds amazing. This is fun. <laughs> I, I love how random my podcast is. It makes me happy. Um, <laughs> so what, what when you were investigating, what was, like, this, did you have, like, a really terrifying moment ever? No, not really. Um, I never felt terrified, um, mostly because it was too late at night and I was too tired to be scared. <laughs> and I have a very weird fear response, like stuff that people I think are traditionally afraid of. Like I'm not. So like a good example is, is like I went into a haunted house, you know, one of the Halloween where they do oh. all the hokey stuff and they jump out and go, what? Like, and I went, and I remember people would jump out at me, and my re- response was, ew. Like, I was just like, ew. Ugh. Like, it was just like I was so put out by these people just trying to, like, just, like, that's why I like the Haunted Mansion, because nothing like that happens. It's just this delightful experience of, you know, this this, this jovial haunting. It, it wasn't like Freddy Krueger's with, with machetes jumping out at me. But I wasn't afraid, and so, like, ghosts don't scare me. I think that I think that what scares people is something unexpected happening. Uh-huh. So, like, when you're in an investigation and you're hoping for and looking for that paranormal experience to happen, you just, it's very, it was very infrequent that, that I'd be caught off and be like, oh. You know, there was one time I was in a group of people and I saw a little girl, like the apparition of a little girl. And that kind of scared me because I wasn't looking in that direction. I wasn't expecting Ooh. to see it. My my mind wasn't, you know, like I was like, oh, I'm going to turn down and just get a bottle of water. And there she was. Like, it wasn't like it wasn't like I was like, OK, I've got my 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 stuff out and I'm taking videos and, you know, like it just was so off putting. I mean. I was scared, but then I kind of was just like, oh, wow, that was great, you know. Um, I guess I'm lucky, though, too. I know that there are some people who have very, very intensely difficult situations mm-hmm. um, with paranormal investigations where they feel they encounter something that's not good, um, where they might actually feel like they've been physically slapped or scratched or pushed. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, knock on wood, I've, I've never had that, thank goodness. Um I'm trying to think. I, I never really had, I, no. Do you remember any more details about the little girl investigation there? Yeah, it was at a, uh, it was at the same place where the lady spoke French, but huh. the little girl was in the basement, and I, you know, I really, I felt like it was just, just this little girl she was she was um african-american descent as well Hmm. so she i i you know i don't know where she fit into the history of things but i i I was 
you know, know that she was there and she was playing in the basement. It was like she was playing there. Um, wow. Yeah, so it, it wasn't a sad feeling. It wasn't a negative feeling. It was almost like this inquisitive, like, what you doing? Look at me. <laughs> Boo. And that's kind of what it felt like. Like, I'm playing hide and seek with you now. Mm-hmm. So. That, was that a private home? Because this sounds amazing. I, I, you know, I, I don't, it's not, I don't think, but I also don't, like, I'll, I'll tell you about it when that, when the podcast is done too, yeah. because I don't know if they do tours or if it's open or if the people that I investigated with would want me to divulge, it makes sense. you know, like send everybody there. Cause I, especially now I think that they've turned over owners and yeah. you know, the people that used to work there don't work there anymore. And, you know, I don't know. I never signed anything that said I couldn't discuss, but, um, it's yeah. a re- it's the, kind of a respectful thing just in case, but there are places like that everywhere, you know, mm-hmm. and, and even for me personally, because I just moved to Savannah, I started very, very lightly looking at places that are haunted out here, um, that I might go and, and check out. And there's, you know, there's a lighthouse. I mean, like, dude, oh. of Lighthouses are always haunted. They always oh my god! Spooky sailor, and I'm like, let's do this. Yes. Um, unfortunately, I'm afraid of heights, so I'll just investigate yeah. from the bottom. Of the <laughs> <laughs> but um, you know, and I think too, like for your listeners, wherever they are, um, there are plenty of opportunities to just explore and see um, what kind of hauntings are happening in their area if, if they're interested in that. But, you know, obviously you don't want to trespass or, or uh-huh. go onto somebody's private property. I um, am associated with a website called Liminal Earth. Um, hmm. And Liminal Earth is a project where they are collecting stories of all types, any kind of weird experiences, whether you've had a weird dream, whether you've had a premonition, whether you've encountered aliens, um, whether you had a ghost story, they're collecting all of this on a map. So literally you could like zoom in different areas and see if people, and, and you're welcome to put stories on there too. Like you could submit your own stories as well. And that will help other people to say like, Oh God, this is a hot spot. Like there's tons of yeah. stories. So, um, it's, it's, a, it's a really cool site and it, it's really fun. Like somebody posted one in Tennessee about seeing a giant deer and I called it big hoof. <laughs> um, and I know I've talked about it on, on, another interview too but but I thought I just find it so fascinating because to me when I think of deer that is an animal that's very very much connected to the other world and mm-hmm. the, world of, of, uh, the good folk or the fae and um is an animal that you know to see a large one like what kind of etheric experience did you have and yeah. not in the middle of nowhere, like in Murfreesboro. Like, it's just like, saying, like, it's, like a, it's like a suburb. It's like, oh, yeah, I, like, down the road, I was driving home from the Olive Garden, and I saw this etheric deer. It's like, wow, how did that happen? <laughs> no, that's so I'm weird. Sure, I'm sure that it was in a park, and it wasn't on a plaza, but what I'm trying to say is, is that yeah. it, it's not like they were, they hiked into a forest for six days to see something. It was, it was in a, in a, in a populated area. I'm not trying to take away from their experience. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that's what makes it almost more fascinating. And I mean, that's probably why they saw it because they were happened to be in that area. Right. Yeah. 
so so I highly recommend you know if people are are, are interested in in Tennessee or wherever they are in the world they could go to liminal.earth um and that's a really great resource to see like oh, I wonder if anything is happening in this area and hey if, if you don't see any submissions to that area write your own put your own in I think that is an amazing place to stop because now I really want to go play on this website and uh Kiki thank you so much again for being on uh I definitely want to have you on to talk about Savannah when you get a little bit more uh recognized that's not the right word but used to it when I get situated here yeah um, there are some field trips that I want to take out here too and I'd love to talk to you about but then obviously too please come visit and and we'll go do some adventuring they have ghost tours like like I know that those are a little bit hokier but I mean they're still fun it's a good place to start it's always a good place ah I love it so everybody go and buy Kiki's books you well, will they're not available right now. Not right now, but they will be soon, and I will definitely post on them when they become available. Let me tell you, because I'm way excited. Um, so, yes, thank you, Kiki, so much. I appreciate you. Oh, thank you so much, and thank you for all you do and, and putting together a wonderful podcast for Aww. folks to, to listen to some fantastic stories. You're going to make me blush. I love you. I love you, too. Thank you so much again for listening to another episode of My Haunted Life Podcast. You are one amazing spooky babe. I appreciate you so. A big thank you to Kiki Dombrowski for being a part of the show. If you are interested in the world of witchcraft, I highly recommend checking her stuff out. She's absolutely amazing. Her books are seriously so chock full of information you will find something new and interesting. If you like the podcast, please rate and review me on your favorite podcast apps. It goes a long way to helping other people find me. I also have a Facebook group. And I actually just started a Facebook page because I had to. Also... I have a Patreon if you really want to support the show and help me decide on future episodes. And now, hopefully soon, you can actually watch me go on ghost hunts as soon as I get everything edited, which will hopefully be soon. So, thank you again for listening. And I hope you have a wonderfully productive week. And I will see you next time on my Haunted Life podcast. Bye! So, sound check, blah, blah, blah. Kiki, say something. Hello, I am Kiki. I am in Savannah. I'd like to be at the Haunted Mansion for Halloween.